Alex, hurry up. We need to get started. Oh, I'm so sorry. Darrell got me hooked on Life is Strange. Oh, all these youngins getting you hooked on these video games. <laughs> well, Darrell is the youngest interviewee we've had thus far. I love his young heart and his old soul. I don't know if that's like all of the Spongebob we've been watching or the Twilight. Like, which <laughs> one is translating there? Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I love his young heart and his old soul. <laughs> Well, at 19, Darrell shares with us his love for all things analog, not just Polaroid. Including VHS and vinyl, two of our favorites as well. So, while offering a fresh perspective on the instant film medium, he also shares a pretty great romanticism for the tangible that can be cherished by generations of Polaroid artists. Wow, how beautifully said. We are here with Darrell, also, Lopez. also known as Derail the Snail, and with, I guess we'll just turn it on over to you. Darrell, would you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, where you're at in the country right now? Hi, sure. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Darrell Lopez. I am 19 years old. I just turned 19 years old uh, back in May. Uh, I'm currently in the, the heat of Arizona, the, the dreaded heat around nothing but lizards and rocks. Uh, this is where I live. I am actually, uh, yeah, I'm Native American. Uh, I am Navajo, uh, so I live mostly on the reservation, um, and I was actually born here in Arizona. I kind of moved, moved around a bit when I was uh, small, but I don't remember most of it. Uh, but I live in this little commune um, in the middle of nowhere, about 15 minutes away from the nearest town. Um, so it's basically where I like to say where I grew up and where I've been ever since. Wow, I had thought this whole time that you were from Santa Fe. So is that where you go to school is in Santa Fe? Uh, yeah, I, I go to college in Santa Fe. Um, but I did my 12 years of school here in this town called Tuba City. It's in Arizona. It's on the reservation. Um, yeah, that's where, where I've been ever since. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Tuba City is out there. We actually had just moved to L.A. currently from Tempe. So we were living in Arizona ourselves. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> you have to struggle. <laughs> we are away. <laughs> so Alex and I have just been really fascinated from the first time that we saw your profile, kind of just following along. The thing I had admired was the way that you seemed to straddle these two worlds of um, just analog photography, but then yet you were so fluid with current technology and with your YouTube page, and you just seemed very well-rounded on both sides, which is what caught our attention initially. And then we discovered yeah. your age. And it's like, oh, this explains so much of it. And we were just so fascinated by that. And how is it that you came across um, your love for analog or for Polaroid yeah. in this case? Yeah, it's been a, a really long journey, uh, about almost three years, uh, the exact uh, three years in November, I believe, yeah. Uh, and it's all been so very great. I met a lot of good people. 
Um, and I don't think I will stop <laughs> because it's just, I love it so much and it's like my passion. Uh, our passion too. <laughs> <laughs> when was the, uh, do you remember the, the first moment that you saw a Polaroid camera or kind of discovered that it was a little more than just a point and click fun device? I mean, I, I obviously know Polaroid for, well, it actually instant, uh, photography before I started shooting with it. Um, you know, you have like the Instax for example, you know, with uh Instax what they're doing. Um I I didn't actually think I didn't know that Polaroid originals was a thing at the time because I lived through the the end of that era. And yeah, I kinda always knew Polaroid was a thing. Uh, but I never actually like like how do say uh dive into it and explore this new type of photography until twenty seventeen. What happened in 2017? All right, so I'll stop the violin. Uh, the joke. Um, <laughs> uh, it all started for the end of summer back in 2017 when I started my junior junior year of high school. Um, I was already interested in photography back then, and I take pictures with my I was my iPhone five, not even a Canon, not even like a a, a professional digital camera. Yeah, it was just me taking photos on my phone. Um, so I was just a young boy running around taking photos with my, with zero knowledge of photography at all. Um, I just took a photo, put a filter over it, and boom, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I know it wasn't that much at the time, but um, it, you know, everyone starts somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, I was always into photography back then. Um, that is until I watched like a, like a gaming playthrough that someone did on YouTube of this game called Life Strange. Uh, basically, it's about this girl who goes back to her hometown, going to an academy, studying photography, and here it comes. She was using a Polaroid camera for her work. So you play as her, go through on this episodic journey, discovering a dark mystery, all with her ability to rewind time. And I related to her so much. I know what I know what troubles she went through during um, school, and I was really intrigued by the Polaroid camera she used. And I thought, hey, why not give that a try? <laughs> uh, and I never used a Polaroid camera before. I watched that. I played through the game myself, and I was really touched by it, by the ending and her story. Um, so cut to a few months ahead. Uh, I found a listing on eBay for a Polaroid Spectre that was only $15. <laughs> so with the zero knowledge of Polaroid I had, I bought it along with an expired pack of film for, uh, on November 8, 2017. Both the film and camera came in. So me and some friends drove to the post office and picked it up. Um, so I was really excited for it, and I didn't even know if it worked, uh, considering it was an expired type of book. I believe it was started in 2007. Um, so I opened the pack, had to look up how to enter the package, into the camera and closed it. About one second of silent passed, and the dark side stopped. And like, I was so excited that it worked, and so we drove to get some food. That's what we usually get. Um, that was kind of like the cool thing to do back then in high school, just go get some food after school and chill out. And I was still checking out the camera because I didn't know how it worked. So I happened to press the timer button, you know, the the, button, the timer button on the back of the forward structure. So the, the camera started beeping, um, and I knew that it was going to take pictures. Um, and so this was like, Really, it was really like a, a moment for me because I knew this was going to be my very first picture. And but the thing is, I didn't know what what it was going to be. <laughs> so the beat got faster, and I, I didn't know what to do. So I pointed it 
at my friend and I took a picture of her. And it wasn't uh, sitting out at first because uh, I didn't know you had the timer button back up um, for your picture to get up. And so, yeah, <laughs> once I did that, I was just really glad it did. And because it was my first ever photo with a cord camera, it was, it really, it really was a great feeling overall. And I liked it. And so about five or six months later, the photos started to emerge. And I really loved it from that point on. And I knew, and I knew at that point that this is what I wanted to do for as long as I can. So my passion for tour photography came from a video game, believe it or not. Um, I started out as a broke 17 year old, barely going to high school who still didn't have a future set for college and I did not regret any of it. That's such a beautiful word. That's amazing. For all the crap I say, it's beautiful. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> My immediate first question is, um, what caused you to change from Spectra to SX70? Yes, we've noticed that most of your photos, um, you cite that it's with an SX70. So, I was picturing this girl that you were talking about with, like, probably like a land camera. <laughs> the same for me. <laughs> The, the change didn't actually happen until, uh, oh yeah, last, about last year in August, um, when I first went to Santa Fe for my first year of college. Um, I've always dreamt about getting an SX70 because it's such a, like, a powerful and like camera. And I was like watching videos on it, I researched it, I looked into it, and I knew I always wanted one. So I went to my college early for three weeks um, for some classes. And so towards the end of that, I found another listing on eBay for a Cord SX70 Sonar one step for $60. And I immediately bought it along with the pack of film from Polaroid. And yeah, that's, that's where the transition began. Now we know. So your very yeah. first one was a Spectra. Oh, and I feel like the Spectra yeah, is really, that's a tough one to start with. And I would have done the same thing with the timer. In fact, I'm not even the one who uses the Spectra, Alex. <laughs> There's lots of buttons, <laughs> you can do that one. <laughs> so we have discussed your origin story and just your beautiful, humble beginnings with Polaroid starting out with just uh, you playing video games, <laughs> which turned into something so beautiful. <laughs> um, what are your, you know, you've been doing Polaroid and instant photography for about three years now, you said? Um, you seem to have progressed so much in the last three years. Um, we were wondering, probably along with our audience here, um, what are your photography goals uh, coming up here in the next, you know, six months? Um, well, definitely these next six months are going to be something because along with what's happening in the world right now, uh, you know, this whole pandemic, I honestly think nothing, not that much is going to change. Uh, honestly, uh, I do want to just keep shooting polar film and just keep sharing it with people and showing my passion for it. And I am going to be going back to Santa Fe um, in about two weeks or so, and I'll be out there for school, so I'm pretty sure I'll be coming back in January. Um, so I have my six months set, just keep taking pictures after picture, and just keep sharing my, my work with everyone. Speaking of the pandemic, uh, how has the situation affected your photography, whether in a uh, positive or a negative way? I honestly think, for me, I don't think it affected my work uh, negatively. It's, it's definitely opened up some opportunities, some new ideas to explore. And I've been doing that, you know, just, I have like a little mini series I did a while back, just quarantine times. Um, and honestly, it's just opened more paths for me to explore. 
um, for myself, really, like just to work on myself and photography, really got me thinking, what can I do more with it um, now that I have all this free time um, for the past summer and since I came back home back in March. I feel like for us as well, it's almost taught us how to do more with less. I really admired uh, the series of portraits that you have been posting lately. Ooh, same. Uh, especially with the dark shadows in the background. Like, I feel like that's transferring chiaroscuro to like an actual photo. I mean, you usually think of that just with painting, but you just create these drastic portraits that look like almost like an oil painting. And that, is that your sister that you've been photographing? Is she your model? Yes, uh, she is my sister. Um, I know last week, I think, uh, two weeks ago when I took those photos, I was like tired of taking sunset photos. I'm tired of taking that, waiting, just going day by day, taking pictures of the sunset. So I was like, I need something new, you know? Um, so I asked her and she, she said, yeah, and yeah, it's pretty much what I went from there. Can we ask a little bit about your settings for some of our other fellow photographer listeners who might be curious? How are you getting, um, these photos in which your subject, your sister, she's just so beautifully illuminated, and then you have this stark contrast in the back. Can we ask about your light settings? So the main, the main, uh, how to say it, your friend is light. <laughs> uh, use light in many ways that you can, um, whether it's natural or artificial. Um, light can be your friend, but it can also be an enemy. It's all about experimenting. You just got to find what's best for you and what's best for the camera you shoot. Um, I, at the time, I was using my One Step Plus, and I tried using the manual, manual mode on there to try getting everything perfect. Um, I think I took two shots with the manual mode, and I didn't think they really came out that good. But, yeah, honestly, light is your your friend when taking Polaroid pictures. Um, try to use it as best as you can. Um, set up, like, a little a little backdrop. That's what I did. Um, and honestly, just, <laughs> yeah, just have, like, uh, a main light source to illuminate your subject you're trying to shoot. Just experiment. Just keep shooting pictures, write down some notes for next time, you know, then you can gather all this info you've taken. And so you can perfectly capture and expose uh, a picture you want. It's all that matter of experimenting. That's what I've been doing. It's worked out for me so far, and I recommend it. I like how you mentioned um, taking notes as well. Do you take notes for yourself to go back to, whether it be like in a journal? Do you write it on your photos? I don't typically write on my photos. I feel like takes away from the, the quality of the photo. But I don't know, that's just my personal preference. I'm not saying anything bad for people who do if you like it, and that's good for you. Um, I typically write in a journal. I know the, my photos. I have a section. And I've been doing that ever since I... Picking, started picking up polar photography back in 2017. Um, and it's definitely helped a lot journaling. And I think you, I recommend you people do it as well. We feel the exact same way. We journal about everything and write everything <laughs> down for all of our settings. <laughs> We're just going to go ahead and address this then. You are by far um, the youngest photographer that we have spoken with so far. In fact, when we even look at our listening audience for our podcast, um, less than 3% are under the age of 22. <laughs> so we were doing some research and came across more about Generation Z. And I know when we found out that we were millennials, like, I feel like we kind of resist that title. Um, so we're wondering, how do you feel about the title of Generation Z? Are there qualities that 
you find very fitting or any mislabels that have been applied to your generation? First off, uh, I really like label uh, Gen Z. Um, it's somehow fitting for us. Um, it sets our generation aside from all of the others. Um, our generation is something special, and I've definitely seen it. Um, there's so many people and so many people, and there's capable of doing great things. Um, everyone is unique and honest. Uh, it, it's rare the topics are perceived as taboo to us. Um, we can basically take on anything. Um, we're incredibly progressive, and yeah, I, I really like the label. I think everyone in our generation is passionate. Um, some show their passion to others, um, uh, to help others, like going into healthcare. Um, some doing about advocating for movements that matter, and some create others, like myself. Um, in my case, I feel that passion is my, my my passion is photography. I'm doing that because I know it's what I want to do. Um, it's and it's what I love to do. I think this generation has this kind of yellow mindset. Um, there isn't as much stigma surrounding careers and art to it. Almost because we're gated, um, but on a deeper level. I think it's because we're terrified of living in regret. So I'd rather do photography than live a life of doing something else I'm not passionate about. Uh, one of the terms I came across I had not heard before. We had both just come across it. Yes, we did. It was the idea of digital natives. So. In this particular research by Pew Research Center, they described those in Generation Z being born after 1996 as digital natives, being those who have little or no memory of the world as it existed before smartphones. Yet here you are with some of your analog interests, including, you know, instant film, we've seen your vinyl collection. Oh yeah, about. don't think we didn't see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And like even just pen paper journaling. Um, so maybe could you tell us a little bit about where you fit in with that digital native aspect of Gen Z? I guess I kind of see myself as sort of like this, this old person living in a 19-year-old's body um, because I definitely had this like thought of living in the past, living before everything else happened. And I definitely like the thought of it considering me having old cameras that were made in 1970s, 80s, and 90s, um, still listening to vinyl. Or actually, I, I didn't, I just like started listening uh, to vinyl not too long ago. Uh, back in March was when I first came out. <laughs> so, nothing, um, it's nothing new to me. Um, but yeah, I definitely like that I sit somewhere on the spectrum of digital native. I live as if, like you said, smartphones were created, even though I do have one. Um, I, I, I just like to hold that with me, you know? I like to keep that around me and show that, that show people what what others did back before we were born. Um, even my parents, they're really, I guess you'd say, intrigued by, by myself because um, I still have all these old texts from vinyl to cameras and everything I used. I had this like point in time about two years ago where I watched nothing but VHS. Um, and I still have my VHS player up in my closet along with the VHS tapes I have. And yeah, it's really weird, but um, I'm nothing like my sibling. And I think, it's, it, I think it's nice. It doesn't make me any different. Um, and I think I just kind of, it's just me being me expressing myself in many ways. And I like that a lot. What is your most treasured VHS tape? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I actually have 
uh, director's cut of well, I found the Eddie Garage sale back in 2018, I believe. What was the um, What was it called? I, I used to watch it. It, it was like Harrison Ford. It was one of Harrison Ford. What was it called? Um, Grand Turismo. Blade Runner? Oh. Harrison Ford? Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say yeah. Grand Turismo <laughs> <laughs> on VHS? <laughs> I think that's one of my most prized VHS ads. Yeah, I, just, I occasionally watch it from time to time. That's amazing. We have a very large VHS collection that we treasure as well. Yes. Um, my immediate question is, what happened in March? So yeah, you know, before everything happened. So I was in school, you know, doing my thing, finished up my, my second semester, uh, my first year of college, you know, everything was going fine. Um, that is until reports um the coronavirus started uh, reaching uh me and my my peers and everyone around me. Um, you know, it was it was it was not in the US at the time. Um, and we were like, okay, we're, we're fine, you know. Uh, we're just gonna finish up this 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 uh, and go and move on. Uh, that is until things started getting worse day by day, you know. Cases started to arrive. Yeah, it, was, it just kept spreading, you know. I started to wonder about my safety and my people around me uh, at the end of February, actually, um, is when it started coming to the U.S. And then in March, um, you know, I got done with my normal classes at the day. That is until that night. I remember getting the email from our president, and he said that there was going to be a closure of the school. It was, it, it felt so surreal at the time that I didn't really feel like any of this was happening, and I was so... I was getting mesmerized by it. That night, I packed up everything. I I took to Santa Fe, uh, and my folks came out to get me, and I moved back home in March. I remember just being so, I guess you could say sad, because I felt like Santa Fe was my escape from being totally bored here on the reservation. I keep telling people whenever they ask me to stay, and I'm like, there's nothing for me here. There's nothing I can do other than just be here and take pictures. It's something but lizards and rocks here. And Tennessee really helped me realize that there's a lot more out there that I can explore. That's pretty much it, yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to going back in about two weeks because it's ever since March, I've seen there's nothing here but watching TV, um, listening to vinyls, um, and not being, not expressing myself other than uh, showing my photos on Instagram or what I've been doing. And so I, I did have that, that short uh, period of time where I kind of took a break from everything and it's kind of to reassure myself of everything and not go, <laughs> not go insane while being stuck inside all, all day. But I'm good to, you know, it's good to hear that I'll be going back and I get to do that there. I get to finally express myself to a different, to a different environment and to different people. And I'm looking forward to that. First and foremost, thank you for sharing those very deep feelings. Uh, I cry a whole lot. Uh, but no, just that is, that is quite an experience. And to share what you have gone through in such a way is so powerful. And as you said, you know, this opportunity to share your feelings and to engage with others in a new way. It's one of the reasons we're so happy we get to talk with you today and that we get the benefit of learning from you. And so will all of our listeners, thank you again just for the honesty and know that your voice is reaching many and you never know who that also really could have helped. So thank you.
And don't forget to mention all of those beautiful sunrises and sunsets that you've been taking while you were watching TV, I suppose. <laughs> those, some of those views that you take are just so beautiful and, you know, no matter how boring a, a place may seem, you know, just because of a perspective when, you know, when we see it or others may see it, it really does look like a, a home away from home or maybe an escape for us to somewhere else that... Um, that can mean a lot to somebody else. Yeah. In a sense, what may seem boring on one end for you, you bring so much light and beauty to it in the shots that you share that you transform the way Tuba City looks to everyone else observing your photos. Do you have the power to change that perspective for others as well? Yeah. So for us, we are... Um, we mainly only share on Instagram because that is where we are comfortable right now. We basically just post on there and share it to Facebook and Twitter, which is just a button click on each of them. So we share Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I I will start including that on Snap. Tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> um, but you, we see, are primarily on Instagram and. YouTube. Is there any other platforms that we're missing you on? Um, I'm actually on Facebook as well. I have uh, a few connections there. Um, even if it's a uh, business group I follow, um, it's called The Impossible Project. Oh, they are so cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so I started sharing my work on there. Following it for a while, you know, I, would, I didn't really post too much on there. Um, I was just kind of looking at browsing people's photos, you know, giving good feedback and all. And I started sharing room with them there, and yeah, I got a lot of good feedback. I really like the community on there, it's so nice. Um, well, for most of it. <laughs> From the people we've interviewed so far, there's been a lot of positive remarks about the Polaroid community, or at least the instant film community online and you had mentioned mm -hmm. maybe like I felt like a little cloud of negativity. Maybe a 5% cloud? In all honesty, it's great, you know. Um, the film community is such a wonderful place. Um, although you are going to run those very few bastards in there who are going to try to put you down on your word. You know? um, I've experienced it firsthand um, maybe once or twice or um, But for the most part, you're going to a lot of amazing people. And I met some in person. Uh, it's also really nice to have people who shoot different types of film and cameras because if you need help with something related to film, you're most likely going to get the help you need. And the people you meet can support you not just by your work, but if you need someone to talk to, there are people in the in the community as well who are willing to help. Uh, word of advice is to just start sharing your work, and uh, if you're just getting support and talk to, um, you're going to get a lot of good feedback, and you can use that to improve on your work. Um, that's what I've been doing, you know. Um, even if the feedback is bad, you can still take and learn from it, um, because like I said, there are always very few bastards out there. Uh, but don't let them stop you from doing what you love, and you can prove to them um, you can do better than show others what you're capable of. Uh, it might feel like an impossible project, hit, hit, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> you just got <laughs> uh, to find the right people, and they choose yourself. Uh, the community is such an interest, interesting place. There's so much good, but there's also some bad. Um, you just got to look in the right place. Uh, good luck on your journey with listening, and I hope you do your best. I really was intrigued by that because 
we tend to focus like on the positive things and just keeping things really good. And I think that's why I hesitated for a moment to ask you about the negative. But then going back to that little research about comparing millennials to Gen Z, and it said that millennials like ourselves are more optimistic and keep it positive, whereas Gen Z is more likely to be realistic. So I just really appreciated that. No problem. Yeah, I know people are always like, oh, it's such a good place, you know, there's like, so much good. And I always, I always, um, they never talk about the bad things. And I just thought that I picked up because uh, not many people have. Uh, so I just wanted to give, like, you know, advice to people, making sure, making sure that they're prepared for um, the good and the bad. That's just fun. Thank you for that. We were going to go back to your YouTube channel, though. When did you start your YouTube channel? What motivated you to do that? So actually, my um, there are two phases my YouTube channel went through. Um, the first phase was when I first started out college last year in July. Um, I had a few videos on uh, shooting with my four different settings, my one step and my one step plus. Um, so I uploaded those, and then about mid-August, uh, I didn't really think I was cut out for it. So I stopped uploading and leave my channel, which was a mistake, I'll admit. Uh, but after I finished up my first semester um, and went back to Santa Fe after my one month break, um, I decided I decided to rebrand and set up my channel again. And now I go by Instant Analog Adventure. Um, I started it out by sharing my thoughts about porridge through a little film that I made called one of my final projects I did for a class. Then I started shooting with my cameras again and just started uploading them. Um, the support has been really great. Um, and I couldn't thank each and every person who watched my videos and um, gave me feedback. Um, <laughs> so they're all good people, and my journey so far has been great. Um, I really do want to see my channel evolve into something greater. Um, I still want to go places with it, and I just want to share my work, my my forward experience um, with many others, and express my passion <laughs> to those who see the watch, uh, because I want to give people. Um, a heads up on what to expect and through my personal experiences and I just like I said I just want to share everything with people. <laughs> you have such a big heart. You are all about the sharing, <laughs> sharing of ideas, sharing of your photos, just And you're only nineteen. Nineteen. That's you can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say. Really random. What is your vinyl of the moment? What album um, have you got playing? Um, well, I was listening to a Whitney album before before the podcast. I, did. Uh, I was listening to Right Upon the Lake, and this is one of my favorite albums by Whitney. Um, yeah, I really like them, but I think I've also been listening to The Strokes. Um, their album, Angels, May, I believe. Yeah, I went to um, a record store uh, out in the Valley in Phoenix. Yeah, I picked up the album I've been listening to. And yeah, so far I picked up like six records the other day. And just... Did the record store start with a Z? Uh, yeah, Zia Records. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Zia! We are a huge Zia fan. We miss Zia. We miss Zia. <laughs> they don't have Zia in Koreatown. They have Amiibo Records, which I know is like way huge. <laughs> I just want Zia. <laughs> like all of our store credit is at Zia. <laughs> um, Dural? We would like to ask you, and just for our audience and for us as well, this has just been so amazing to hear your your origin story, and you really are an old soul in a young body. Like hearing all of this come, I'm like, this sounds like something that 
you know, we would discuss with each other. And I myself, I'm 31, Natalie's 29. To have that point of view at 19 is really, really cool. And you really just have limitless boundaries and everything that you're going to share with people. Like if you think that it's happening now, like we can only imagine where you'll be in two, three, four, five years. So on that note, um, we were wondering in your young wisdom, what you would like to share with the audience if you had any uh, parting words for us. Well, there's definitely a lot that I looked at that I really do want to say. Say it, say it all. Please, please take your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shooting film is a digital age, right? Um, nothing new, you know, it's been around for quite some time. When I was first shooting digital photos, um, you know, there was always the same thing. Take a photo, a couple shots, then delete the one you don't like, edit the one you do, and just post it. You know, it was repetitive somewhat, and it kind of got boring after a while. Um, but once I was introduced to Polaroid, it was eye-opening. See, the thing is, you can't go back on a shot. Um, you can't, but, like, you only have so many tries, eight to be exact. Um, as Polaroid says um, on one of their uh, photo tips, um, no two pictures are the same. When I took my first photo back in 2017, I got a really nice warm feeling inside of me, and I knew that I, that I wanted to do this for as long as I can. And as I watched the photo developer right in front of me, it was something extraordinary and magical to see something up um, here right in front of me. And the feeling I get when I take a photo is always there, even after shooting for almost three years now. You don't get that same feeling when you shoot, when you shoot with a digital camera because with digital photos, you can replicate it. Change it, um, do whatever the hell you want with it. But with decent photos, there's not much to do with it other than watching it develop. It's not just another photo you see. It's something unique and special. It's a memory. It's a moment captured in time in this white border. Um, and each and every photo you take tells a story. It really draws me to the photo. It's something that's happened before, uh, and yet it still feels very lively every time you look at it. Yeah, there's always a lot of chemistry that goes into the making of a photo from the moment you press the shutter, uh, the moment the flash fires, and the moment the photo ejects. You're just left there waiting and anticipating on how the photo will um, come up because with Polaroid, there's a small wait time between. Yeah, just a small way between hiding it from the light when the first eject and when the picture starts merging. And within the time, you could be doing a number of things, but for the most part, you're just thinking about it. Um, and that's what I love most about Polaroid, uh, the mystery and anticipation from waiting to see if the photo is a yes or a no, because every instant photo has emotion built into it, whether it's a person, space, or something inanimate. You're always going to convey a feeling when looking at an instant photo. Uh, that's why I shoot with film, and that's why I always shoot with it for as long as I can, because there's beauty behind every photo I take, and I hope I get people to see it. To see the world from your perspective, and I think that's what we all get the gift of when we get to look at your photos. Thank you so much for sharing them, and for sharing your advice, and for sharing your time with us today. We are so grateful for your young, wise knowledge. <laughs> We thank you, and our audience thanks you. It's passion.